If you brought a Bible, go please with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to begin reading at verse 10 tonight. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, and we'll read down to verse 14. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10 through 14. The Bible reads, Vamos esta noche a Jeremías capítulo 29. Jeremías 29, capítulo 29, verso 10 al 14. For thus saith the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you, to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me, when you search for me with all of your heart. For I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes, and I will gather you from all the nations, and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. We ask that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach and teach the word of the living God, and I ask you to anoint the hearing of this congregation that they might receive the word and store it in their hearts, that it might bear fruit in their life. We ask this in Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to continue tonight as we began this morning talking about the homemaker. Quiero continuar esta mañana, como hemos comenzado, uh, perdón, esta mañana comenzamos hablando de el amo de la casa. Quiero continuar esta noche sobre ese mismo tema. We laid before you this morning the great truth that God is the homemaker, that God is the original homemaker. Let, let's uh, Compartí esta mañana la verdad que Dios es el amo de la casa. Él es el hacedor del de hogar. And there is a great difference between the house and the home. Hay una grande diferencia entre la casa y el hogar. A house is a place that has windows and doors and a roof. But a home is a place that is a, a spiritual reality. It is the result of the peace and grace uh, and unity of a family dwelling together. I shared with you this morning that God created a home for man in the Garden of Eden. Dios formó uh, una, un hogar para el hombre en el huerto de el Edén. And that picture this morning that we saw of Eden reveals to us the heart of God. Ese retrato nos muestra el corazón de Dios. How God created a space and a place unique and um, special for Adam and for subsequently for Eve. Vimos como Dios creó un lugar único y especial para Adán y para Eva. That is God's heart for you and I this evening. And that is God's heart for the family uh, all over the world. Ese es el corazón de Dios para nosotros esta noche y es el corazón de Dios para las familias 
God cares about families. A Dios le complace la familia, le, le uh, da mucho cariño, tiene mucho, mucha compasión hacia el hogar. After all, God created the family. Dios es el que creó la familia. Tonight I want to share with you about a different family. This is the family of Israel. Esta noche quisiera compartir con nosotros sobre otra familia. Esta es la familia de Israel. By the time that we find them in Jeremiah chapter 29, they are a well-established family. Para la hora en la cual los hallamos en Jeremías 29, ya Israel es una familia muy bien establecida. They were established by God, establecidos por Dios. They were cut out of the rock called Abraham, according to Isaiah 51. Fueron sacados de la piedra o la peña de Abraham y Sara. Y desde esta peña Dios creó una nación. Out of this family, God created a nation. This, uh, this nation began uh, in the heart of God. Esta nación comenzó en el corazón de Dios with a promise. God said to the family of Abraham, I will bless you. Dios le dijo a la familia de Abraham, te bendeciré y te haré bendición. I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And according to God's promise, this family grew and increased. By the time we see them in the latter part of Genesis, they are a clan of over 70 people. By the time we see them in the book of Exodus, they are a nation of about 2 million people. Los vemos en el fin de Genesis como una, una familia de algunos 70. Y para cuando los vemos en el libro de Éxodo, ya son una nación de unos dos millones de personas. God made this family a home. Dios le creó a esta familia un hogar. He gave them the land that was flowing with milk and honey. Dios les dio la tierra fluyendo con leche y miel. He gave them a land with houses that they didn't build and wells that they didn't dig and vineyards that they didn't plant. Les dio un hogar lleno de casas que no habían edificado, de viñares que no habían sembrado, cisternas que no habían escarbado y de, de labores que no habían sembrado. Y esto es la grandeza de Dios. This is the greatness of God, that he is able to bless the home in such a way. Que Dios bendice el hogar de tal manera. But when we continue to read about this family, we find out that they became idolatrous. They turned their heart away from God. Esta familia se retiró de Dios. Tornó su corazón de los, de los caminos de Jehová. When we read about them in the book of Jeremiah, God says to them, I am going to throw you out of the house which I have built for you. I am going to take you out of Israel and send you to exile in Babylon. Dios ahora en Jeremías, por su idolatría, por su rebelión, los envió fuera de la casa, así a Babilonia. Los sacó de aquel lugar que él había establecido por ellos. He uh, drives them into the Babylonian captivity and exile. And there they would remain for 70 
years. Ahí estarían por 70 años. Y ahí viene la promesa de Dios. And here we find the promise of God. And I want you to take this to heart tonight. Quiero que usted tome esto a su corazón. Because God, although he was in his uh, right and authority to send them into exile, because he loves the family of Israel, he has made a way for them. Aunque Dios estaba, uh, estaba en su juicio poder sacar a Israel de la, de la tierra prometida y enviarlos a Babilonia, también él por su cariño hacia ellos Había hecho un plan para esta nación. What am I telling you tonight? I'm telling you that God has a plan for the family. Dios tiene un plan para la familia. Y Dios tiene un plan para tu hogar. God has a plan for your home. Say amen, somebody. God has a plan for you. Dios tiene un plan para ti. God says to them, you're going to go 70 years into exile. Vas a salir 70 años en el exilio. He said to them, when you're there, go ahead and get comfortable. Buy houses and build homes. Raise your families because you're going to be there for a long time. Dios les dice, van a ir a Babilonia por 70 años. Edifiquen casas y hagan hogar porque van a estar ahí por mucho tiempo. He says to them, seek the welfare of the city where you are living because their welfare will be your welfare and their increase will be your increase. Les dice, vayan y busquen el bien de esa ciudad porque su crecimiento será vuestro crecimiento. And then God gives us this significant verse in verse 11. He changes the dynamics of the situation. Dios nos da en el verso 11 uh, un cambio a la dinámica de la situación. Do you know, friends, that everything continues the same until you get a word from God. Oh, hermano, todo sigue igual hasta que usted recibe una palabra de Dios. You remember what I told you about the psalmist. The psalmist said, I was discouraged. And I was dismayed until I came into the house of God. And so it is tonight that I tell you that nothing will change in your life. And nothing will change in your family until you get a word from God. Because the word of God is able to change the direction of everything in your life. Say amen, somebody. Cuando llega la palabra de Dios. Esa palabra tiene el poder para cambiar la dinámica de tu situación. Para cambiar la dirección de tu situación. This is what God said to Israel and what God says to you tonight. He says, I know the plan that I have for you. He said, I have a plan. I want you to say this with me. God has a plan. Listen, I don't know what your plans are. I don't know what your plans have been, but I want you to know there's a God in heaven and God has a plan. God has a blueprint for your life. Dios tiene un plan para tu vida. Dios tiene una, un diseño para tu hogar. God has a plan for your home. God has a plan for your ministry. God has a plan for this church. It may look like sometimes that life is in chaos 
and in, uh, and in uh, disarray. It may look like sometimes we're left to chance and to the occurrences of life. But there is a God in heaven who is the author of history. There is a God in heaven who has not lost sight of one single detail in your life. And he says to you tonight, I have a plan. You may say, but God, I have reached rock bottom. I have, I have lost the things I was working for. Or you might say, God, I have lost the job that I thought I couldn't live without. Or I have lost the, the health that I thought I always would have. You say, God, I, have no, I don't have the, the, the strength, the courage to face any of these great challenges that you have put before me. He says to you tonight, I know the plan that I have for you. I know what I'm going to do in your life. I know where I'm going to take you. Oh, friend, your life is not out of control tonight. Your life is not left to chance tonight. Your life is in the hands of a good God. And your good God has a good plan for your life. Say amen, somebody. God is a planner. He's a long-distance planner. God plans because he knows. He knows what our life will entail. He knows the peaks and the valleys. Very rarely does God's plan run a straight line. Muy pocas veces el plan de Dios corre una línea directa o derecha. Oftentimes, when God says, I'm going to take you up, he takes you down first. Many times when God says, I'm going to take you north, he takes you south. He told Joseph, I'm going to make you a ruler over your family. And then he made him a slave. You never know what God's plan is going to involve. You never know the, the path that he's going to choose or the route that he's going to take. Quizá usted nunca va a saber las vueltas que va a dar el plan de Dios. En su vida. A veces Dios te dice, te voy a llevar arriba y vas hacia abajo. Le dijo a José, te voy a hacer uh, el mayordomo o el rey de tu familia. Y luego lo hizo esclavo por las manos de, sus, de su familia. When you're in the middle of the plan and you're in the middle of the workings of God, you may not always understand. Cuando estás en el medio del trabajo que Dios está haciendo, a veces no entendemos. No tenemos la, la, la uh, visión para poder ver lo que Dios está haciendo. We don't have the vision, the clarity, the big picture of what God is doing in our life. Friend, can I tell you, the homemaker knows what he is doing. El hacedor de la casa sabe lo que él está haciendo. Many times we show up in our life like you do when a carpenter is working. And you, you look at that structure and it doesn't make any sense. And you don't understand what he's building. And you don't understand why it looks the way that it looks. But if you'll just trust the carpenter and trust the blueprint, you'll see that sooner or later that structure is going to emerge. And it's going to be precisely what it was designed to be. There is a blueprint for your life. God has it in his eternal heaven. He's made a plan for you. And while it may not seem like it right now, God is at work in your life and he's at work for good in your life. He's at work for your blessing and for your increase. Amen, somebody. Quizá no lo entiendas y quizá no lo puedas ver, pero Dios está trabajando para tu bien. 
The Bible said that God works all things together for our good. Dice la Escritura que Dios causa que todas las cosas redunden para bien. You know that doesn't mean that God causes all things. Eso no significa que Dios causa todas las cosas. But it does mean that God can work all things into the plan. That God can take those things that happen to you. Those abuses that happen to you. Those broken moments. Those points of pressure from your past. And he can work them into the plan in order to bring you into the place that he has called for you. Dios puede tomar esos lugares bajos. Esos lugares de fracaso en tu vida. Y hacerlos parte del plan que Él tiene para tu vida. Hacerlo parte de aquello que Él ha diseñado para tu hogar. You might say, oh, Pastor, I don't feel like God's plan is working in my life. You might say, Pastor, I don't feel like God even knows where I am or what I am doing. Friend, not only does God's plan sometimes not take the direction that you want it to take or doesn't go in a straight line, but sometimes God's plan involves periods of silence, periods where you walk through the wilderness. A veces en el plan de Dios tenemos que caminar por el silencio, por el lugar desierto, por aquel lugar donde parece ser que no, que Dios no habla, que Dios no, no nos da la información que necesitamos. It seems as though God does not give us the information that we need, that he doesn't give us the direction that we need. When you find yourself in that place, just follow the last instruction that he gave to you. Cuando te encuentres en ese lugar, sigue la última instrucción que Dios dio para tu vida. Because, friend, God knows precisely where you are. Dios sabe precisamente donde tú estás. And many times when you find yourself in that wilderness, Satan will come into that wilderness place and he'll offer you another plan. Muchas veces cuando estás en ese desierto llega Satanás y te ofrece otro plan. Jesus was in the wilderness. The Bible says he went there led by the Spirit. So he was in the wilderness and he was in the will of God. Now you got to get used to that fact. I know that we always think if we're in the will of God we're going to be in the middle of, of paradise. But sometimes you can be in the wilderness and be right in the middle of God, of the will of God. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he went into that wilderness, there he was for 40 days. Not only was he in the wilderness, but he was in the wilderness fasting and without water. You just think about that. What happens when you get hungry? What happens when you get thirsty? Satan showed up in his wilderness and offered him another plan. What did Satan say? He said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give to you all of the kingdoms of the world. Satanás llega al desierto donde está Jesús y le dice, si te humillas a mí, si me adoras, te daré todos los reinos de la tierra. All of this can be yours for one simple act of worship. Todo esto puede ser tuyo. Si me adoras. You got to be careful when Satan shows up with an offer that sounds too good to be true. When he shows up to offer you a different plan, a different route, or a different course. Ten cuidado cuando Satanás llegue para ofrecerte otro plan, otro curso, 
He'll offer you shortcuts to the will of God. Te ofrece, uh, te ofrece una, una uh, travesía así al propósito de Dios. You see, here was the deal. God's plan included, and God was planning to give Jesus all of the kingdoms of this world. El plan de Dios era de darle a Jesús todos los reinos de esta tierra. So Satan is coming to offer him a shortcut. Satanás viene a ofrecerle una travesía. He's saying, look, if you want to have all the kingdoms, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to die. You don't have to shed your blood. All you have to do is lay down your life and worship me. Si quieres los reinos de la tierra, te los ofrezco. No tienes que ir a la cruz. No tienes que morir. No tienes que divertir tu sangre. Solamente te ofrezco a el reino si me adoras. Can I tell you, friends, that there is no shortcut for the will of God. No hay travesía para el plan de Dios para tu vida. Tell your neighbor, stick to the plan. I don't know where you are right now. And I don't know what the devil has whispered in your ear. But stick to the plan. God's plan is best. God's plan is better. And God's plan is real. El plan de Dios es mejor. Y el plan de Dios es verdadero. You see, because Jesus overcame the temptation to adopt Satan's strategy and Satan's plan. Now, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. All of the kingdoms of the earth belong to Jesus. The Bible says the day is coming when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, not Buddha, not Mohammed, not Krishna, and not the devil, that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. God has a plan. Don't sell out. Don't give up on God's plan. God's plan is not always a straight course. Sometimes God's plan is not always through the paradise. Sometimes it's through wilderness. But sometimes God's plan is violated, like in the case of Israel. The plan that God had for them was, a, was a violated by Israel. And that is where we see the grace of God in this text. Because God could easily say, you abandoned my plan, I'm going to abandon you. You abandoned what I had scheduled for you, I'm going to abandon you. Instead, he says to them, I know the plan that I have for you. Can I tell you, friend, that God's plan is bigger and God's plan is greater even than our failures and than our defeats. The Bible tells us about King David. His son Absalom had rebelled against him. La Biblia nos habla del rey David. Su hijo Absalom se había rebelado contra él. Por lo tanto, Absalom fue castigado siendo echado fuera del reino de Israel. Absalom was punished for this, being thrown out of the kingdom of Israel. He was put into exile from the nation of Israel. Pusieron en exilio. Por el reino de, de, de fuera del pueblo de Israel. The Bible says that a woman came to King David. This woman came to David and she stood before him in his judgment throne. Vino una mujer a David. Y esta mujer se presentó delante de David en el trono de su juicio. And she said to him, she said, sir, I want your 
wisdom, your counsel. I need your help. She said, I had two sons. And the two sons were fighting. One of them killed the other. Esta mujer viene a David y le dice, Señor Rey, necesito su ayuda. Porque tenía dos hijos. Y los dos estaban peleando. Y uno mató al otro. She said, now it's just and there's judgment upon my son who committed the homicide. But if you put him to death, I'll have no son. Ella dijo, si tú matas a mi hijo, el cual cometió este crimen, no tendré ningún hijo. What was she saying? She's saying, I'd rather have a son who was guilty than no son at all. Prefiero tener un hijo que es culpable que no tener hijo ninguno. She was saying, I would rather have a son who failed than to have no family at all. Quisiera mejor tener un hijo que ha fracasado, que no tengo tener ningún hijo. And then the Bible tells us David's reaction to this. He begins to speak to her, and she turns the script on him, and she says, the reality is that this story is about you and Absalom. God wants you to bring Absalom home. He wants you to restore your relationship with your son. And she said to him these words in, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 14. He said, we, she said, we will surely die and become like water that is poured out on the ground, which cannot be gathered again. Yet God does not take away life, but he devises means so that his banished ones may re be restored unto him. Listen to the words of this woman. Through cunning and craft, she reveals to us the heart of God. She says, God devises means so that his banished ones may be restored. This is the heart of God for you this evening. And this is the heart of God for your home. And he wants to restore. And he wants to renew. And he wants to devise the means. He wants to put in place the steps that are necessary in order to bring Israel home, in order to bring Absalom home, and in order to bring your home into blessing and into prosperity. Tonight, you and I have a God that goes to great lengths. Listen, great lengths to accomplish his purpose, to accomplish his plan. He'll cross heaven and earth. He'll move mountains. He'll change times and seasons to do whatever it takes to get to you. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Tonight, God is devising a plan. He's at work. He's weaving together the threads of your life. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are for welfare, for your blessing. They're for your peace. Not for calamity. Not for destruction, not for defeat, not for ruin, but for peace, for welfare, to give you a future. To give you something to look forward to. To give you a, a brighter day. To let you look at your future. And instead of being like some 
who see a tunnel at the end of the light. He says, I want you to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I want you to see that I'm at work in your life and that I am at work for your good. That I am at work to bring peace into your life, peace into your home, peace into your spirit, and to give you hope. To give you hope because the Bible says that, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. He wants to give you faith again. Faith to believe God. Faith to, cha- to face the giant that's in your life. Faith to come up against the challenges that you faith, face. And to know that your God is able to do the impossible in your life. Then he says to them, I'm going to bring you home. He says, after this season is over, when this, when this calamity of Babylon has passed its course, he says, I will bring you back from the farthest reaches of the earth. From whatever nation I scattered you, from there I will bring you back. Listen, friends, we haven't seen the fulfillment of this prophecy yet in its entirety. But I want you to just think about this. The day is coming when people, the Jewish people from every nation of the world will return to Jerusalem. And they will worship God in his holy temple. And they will worship Jesus as their king and Messiah. And that is because God is a homemaker. Because God, over thousands of years, has been working his plan to restore the nation of Israel. Can I tell you, friend, if God will go through the length of time and effort in order to bring his Jewish nation back to himself and to bring them home, what won't he do for your house? What won't he do for your marriage? What won't he do for your children? Come on, somebody. God has a plan for you. And it is a plan for good and a plan for welfare and a plan for restoration. So what do I have to do tonight? He says, seek me. Seek me. The prophet Hosea said it is time to seek the Lord. ¿Qué hago? Para que se cumpla el plan de Dios en mi vida. Busca a Dios. Say it again. God has a plan. Now say this. I have to pray the plan. You see, you can't just sit on your front porch and wait for it to happen. Now watch the plan come by like a parade. No, you have to pray the plan. You got to get involved. You have to seek the Lord. Si quieres ver el plan de Dios manifestado en tu vida, tienes que orar el plan. Come on, somebody. God has spoken it. He's prophesied it. He's declared it over your life. You have to pray it in. Dios lo ha hablado, lo ha profecitado, lo ha declarado sobre tu vida. Tienes que orar hasta que llegue. He said, seek me and you will find me. Búscame y me hallarás. I'm excited about that tonight because that means God's not playing hide and seek. God's not hiding in the bushes. He doesn't ring the doorbell and then hide in the bush and laugh at you when you open the door. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. The homemaker is standing at the door of your house and he's knocking on the door and he says, seek me and you will find me. 
He didn't say, seek me if everybody else seeks me. He didn't say, seek me if everybody else wants to. He said, you seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with all of your heart. How much do you want God's plan to be manifested in your life? ¿Cuánto quieres tú que Dios manifieste su plan en su vida? How bad do you want it? ¿Cuánto lo quieres? Do you want it bad enough to pray? Bad enough to seek? Bad enough to obey? Bad enough to do whatever it takes? ¿Lo quieres suficiente para orar? Para ayunar? Para buscar a Dios? Para rechazar el mundo? Para obedecer su voz? How bad do you want it? He says, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. He said, me hallarás cuando me busques con todo tu corazón. Say it again. Pray the plan. Listen, if a young man receives a voice, uh, receives a, a prophetic word from God saying he's going to preach to the nations, what does he have to start doing? He has to start praying. Praying for a passport. Praying for open doors. Praying for financial provision. Praying for invitations to the nations. Praying for the salvation of the lost in the nations. If God says to you, I'm going to bring you a new car or a new house or I'm going to give you a new job, what are you going to do? you got to start praying. Pray that every hindrance be removed. Pray that every obstacle be taken out of the way. Pray that every provision be made. Pray that those things be brought into your life. Seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. He says, I will be found by you. Jehová nos dice, yo seré hallado por ti. Dios está buscando un pueblo que le busque. Un pueblo que le obedezca. Y él dice, yo Seré hallado por ti. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes. And I will gather you from the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to this home that I prepared for you. The homemaker wants you home. He wants you at rest. You've got to make up your mind. I'm going to seek God. It's time to seek the Lord. Kingsway, it's time to seek the Lord. Beville, it's time to seek the Lord. America, it's time to seek the Lord. And He will be found by us. He will be found by you. He'll make the difference. I said, He'll make the difference. You'll see His plan manifested in your life. You say, Well, if it's God's plan, why do I have to pray? If it's God's plan, why do I have to get involved? Why do I have to work? Why do I have to pray? Why do I have to fast? Why do I have to seek? Why? Because 
when you get involved in prayer and in praying that God's plan be fulfilled in your life, you realize that this cannot come out of me. This has to be done by God. See, we have a, we have a tendency in the sin nature to take credit. And say, look what I did. Look what I built. Look what I accomplished. The Bible says something else. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps watch in vain. So tonight, let this be our prayer, Kingsway. Oh, God, build my life. Oh, God, build our home. Oh, God, build this church that the glory may be unto your name. And the praise may be unto the honor and fame of your name. Let's stand together and let's come into this altar and let's seek the Lord. Vamos a ponernos en pie de esta noche. Vamos a venir a este altar. Vamos a buscar a Dios. Come on, he says, seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I will be found by you. It's time to pray the plan. It's time to work the plan.